Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My wife's in a union. Uh, when COVID first started, uh, they were doing like the union meetings, like virtually, obviously. She's in a um, union with you for your, her whole oh, life. Uh, yeah, that's true. Marital union. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and the team search. The team search are involved. It's fucked up. Boys here, the internet's number one podcast, where I, Peter O'Donoghue, do a book report comparing it to a video game at the request of people on Discord. And you know that is true, because that is very specific. Uh, and I am joined by... Uh, Ethan Palmer, can I can I just say, the listeners obviously didn't hear this, but Jamie's count-in for the episode was Omega Alpha Beta, which is Z-A-B, <laughs> was his, his count-in for Peter to start... Start yep. the recording here. It was a one, two, three, but I started at the end of the alphabet and it had a yeah. wrap around. And a, oh. and a one, and a two, and a 26, one, two. Yeah, huh? yeah exactly. That's, that's Jamie's count. We, uh, we, we do the wraparound countdown here on this show. It's, it's, it's <laughs> and, back from the 60s, back in the studio with the Beatles. Yeah, let me uh, introduce myself who came last, but in my alphabet, that's first, uh, James Miller. (laughs) (laughs) James the Omega Man. Uh, When are we going to get to Omega Male, is my question. Oh, man. I've been... I've been watching this streamer kind of, like, lose his his, his mind lately because he's getting, like, whatever pilled is all this alpha talk and everything. Alpha is the classic. Alpha is red pill. But now there's, like, is he... Like black pilled is like Sigma uh, or some Sigma, shit. Like I, I, I have no idea. Sigma and Alpha are all kind of wrapped up in the same weird, I didn't, gross thing right now. I didn't think those things had a, a correlation. I thought like red pilled was like you're you're leaning right, <laughs> like politically. Was I think but, generally that's true. They bleed but, together. Like the yeah. Alpha talk is like, well, my ideal relationship is like I go out and I like catch the fish and I kill it and I present it to my wife who stays at home and prepares it for me and cleans or something sure Uh, where's her bonnet but at the same time she better get a job because my burger king can't sustain us okay i don't know internet's a weird place and uh it's way too easy to think we say it every we say we we, uh, honestly we say it more than anything internet was a mistake yeah Yeah. a lot of good a lot of good came out of it but ultimately more bad it's it's tragic (laughs) it's echo chambers aren't great either now too because like if you do get stuck on an idea your whole world like the whole like globe yeah. that you see will be the exact views you're looking for kind of thing but that's you know. it yeah it's not it's not even it's not even the internet that was the mistake like if it was just wikipedia you know what i mean like it'd be fine if it was just like an like an encyclopedia that anybody could kind of add to and there'd be like all this like beautiful information or if like if there was Twitch, but like you weren't allowed to talk, like you could show <laughs> gameplay, like that's fine. Oh uh, yeah, those fools. Hot those fools. 
We still got that. Uh, no hot dog pools. No hot dog pools. Oh. Uh, no, I heard no, that too. <laughs> no hot dog no pools. Hot tub pools. I heard dog as well. Man, imagine the smell of that place when you come to a hot That's, dog pool and just the evaporating I, hot dog water. Just, just knowing you, Jamie, and I guess your style of memes in the over the past year and a half, like I heard hot dog water or hot dog pool, and I did not stutter. Like I did not hesitate for a second. I was like, "Yeah, he just means hot dog pool, uh, hot dog pools." That's like a, a, the new meta, I guess, or whatever. No, like hot <laughs> tubs and pools, where it just it's a thing on Twitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But anyway. Um, I mean, we can be your own echo chamber because this part here is, uh, before we get into the episode, this is our last one before Montreal Comic Con, uh, when we're going to be there on July 9th, 2022. Uh, so if you want to come to that or show up to the mini boys con afterwards, uh, get your tickets or your gas now, however you're going to get there. Uh, after tax, I saw the Saturday ticket is like $50 Canadian. So it's not even like ludicrously expensive if you just want to go for one day. Uh, I personally will be there Sunday as well, but not with Ethan and Jamie. I'm just going to help hold down the fort for the Squared Idea publisher sort of things. Uh, And also, like, if you're in the area and don't want to come to um, Comic-Con, just, like, I would suggest DMing one of us uh, just so it doesn't get buried in, like, a different conversation. I think we'll we'll do an announcement, probably. So it'll be in the announcements channel on Discord. Uh, if If you're not on Discord... You might want to get on Discord if you're going to try and link up with us, because that's probably where most of the, the information is going to be coming from. Uh, it's going to be what we're, we're calling it Boy BoyCon. Uh, I don't know what time Comic-Con ends or what time it starts. Something that we should probably be aware of. But We're uh, going to be there at 3. That was the message I sent to you guys yesterday. Yeah, so I, I think around 8 or, or 9, we'll probably meet up at Brutopia, is I think the plan yeah, so yes. far. Yeah. I yeah. Maybe, I, I know we're not like huge yet but it's probably general good practice to not put out locations of where we're gonna be or i don't know we're literally doing a convention though yeah yeah, yeah i know like conventions i i don't know i just i feel like there's some weirdos on the internet so that one guy who calls us woke on youtube is just gonna like call in a bomb threat to Brutopia or something but, don't uh, give any ideas well let him do let him end up on an fbi watch list like i don't care <laughs> yeah I mean, fuck, who cares? <laughs> we're, we're, we're not we're not john lennon big yet let's say okay no yeah that's fair people do say where they're yeah. going yeah yeah plus if you want to meet us that's you, you gotta know yeah um, if, it, if, it, if we get enough traction this time then we'll do like a regularly scheduled uh, boycott and calling your save your bomb threats for that whatever convention center that's <laughs> yeah, at. You know I mean? If we yeah. can get enough that's bomb threats, one. we'll do these more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that's a joke. FBI, that's a joke. Okay. Yeah. Let's start with like people shipping us first. Let's start with some gay fanfic, and we can move into bomb threats when we get even bigger than that. Like that's <laughs> that's the that's like the how big you are on the internet sort of right, thing. Right. Right. So today's episode is about as you can see by the title uh heart of darkness and spec ops the line uh this was requested on our discord uh which is linked below by patron papa bray who just re-upped and increased his subscription so thank you to him uh, and then it was backed up by sparkles 69 commodore turtle and say it with me is hondola 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 yeah. i think bray asked for us to do an impression of him too but uh i'm not very good at those are you guys Six pissed? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good phrase. Uh, I'm just, I'm just out on, on my, my dick, yeah. out on my dick, uh, having a, having a sun soak. Uh, uh, nice. I'm an, I'm an electrician. I fly sometimes. Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. 
And also, hello to new patron, Benny Martinez. So if you want to join the likes of these guys, that link is in the description as well if you want to pay for content. Uh, there's bonus That's a audio. great name. It is, yeah. It does sound like... Real, a, real or otherwise, that's a great name. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, finally, uh, before we get into the evils of Empire, uh, I'd like to wish everybody a belated and unrelated happy Canada Day and huh. happy Independence Day. I thought you were yeah. going to wish everybody a happy your own birthday. Happy Peter's last... birthday. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Happy my birthday, everybody. <laughs> I was, I'm 31 now. The oldest I'm, I, this is, I get to enjoy, like, whatever, seven weeks of being the oldest, uh, basically. So I get to bully yeah. Ethan and Jamie. Oh, dude, I'm not looking forward to all the noogies and wedgies this weekend. Oh, man. I'm going to fucking, every, every uh, noogie I get, I'm going to twist Jamie's nipples so hard. That was oh. the younger brother. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> I saw you just a couple weekends ago. They're still all tired out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess I'll check. Um, I know you had mentioned it already, but have either one of you read Heart of Darkness and or played Spec Ops The Line or tangentially, which I barely will talk about ever again, seen Apocalypse Now? I've not seen Apocalypse Now. I played maybe the first two chapters of Spec Ops The Line, uh, and I read a graphic novel adaptation of Heart of Darkness, which I don't think did the original story justice, but I, it was the overarching... It was the broad strokes, I guess. Yeah, the spark notes, basically. I've seen Apocalypse Now, like, semi-recently. Like, since I got my new TV over the winter, I've watched it on my new TV, so I, I'm kind of fresh on that one, at least. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember what happens? Yeah, there's uh, Charlie yeah, Sheen, and he's like waiting in a. <laughs> this is the bit that we did last week, where I just explained Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's he's just he's waiting in a room, and he, he wants to be called out to war, but he's not getting called out to war. So he's like drinking and smoking a bunch, and then he like breaks a glass or something, cuts his hand all open, and then like on the the most hungover, like fucked up day, that's when he gets called in, and they're gonna send him out to find the the king of uh, who used to be. Used to be American, but now he's flipped and he's he's turning. People, he's like a cult leader out in the woods, and uh, yeah, okay, that, that is the broad strokes. Okay, yeah, yeah that, that is that is Heart of Darkness from what I remember too. So yeah, <laughs> he's like became disillusioned with like why they're out there and stuff, and then and you kind of by the end kind of you're like yeah, I get it, I get why this guy is is kind of turning it, against the, the American. Yeah, I, yeah, like the, the guy who's like portrayed as the bad guy who who. And this is kind of a spoiler, I, I guess, but we're going to talk about it, I assume. Uh, in the comic book, he was, like, portrayed as, like, a dying old man, I guess, who was, like, living among the, the tribes people. Um, and, like, I, I do think he, like, was twisted, from what I recall, in a lot of ways. And was, like, a pretty, like, menacing character. Like, they gave him, like, a really, like, uh, like death's head look. So he looked very evil. But I, I do think the, as we'll always say on this show, the, the corporations behind it all are the bad guys always, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And we'll get into who the actual villains are. Uh, King, King Leopold III. Uh, King Leopold II. Very the cool. second, is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I think the third was, was the really bad one, but they're all bad. Yeah, I mean, from what we're going to talk about, like, I'll just get into it. I mean, the, the, you guys can uh, make your own judgment call, but I don't think it's going to be a positive one. Uh, oh. So Heart of Darkness is a novella written by Joseph Conrad and was published in 1899. Like a lot of old writing, it was serialized at first and then came out as like a full compendium like a full book uh, in 1902 so if you listen to the audiobook like i did there's like chapter one part one chapter one part two chapter two part one all that shit it's it's kind of sectioned into pieces based on when it would have been released in some old timey magazine for for like people who could write basically oh just like old timey music like uh, usher's confessions part two 
from the mid Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Also about the evils of colonialism. Right. Yeah. I think I've never heard it. So in, in the list of adaptations. It's yeah. And these are my <laughs> confessions. Something about having um a, a girl on the side, but she's got one on the way. There's something. It's very confusing. There's like a, a pregnant lady, but also a side bitch, and, and there, yeah. it's it's a classic uh, love triangle. <laughs> having it, uh, he's saying about having a uh, plantation, I think, in oh. Central Africa at some point. And I don't you know, think I should yeah. saying about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so the story revolves around a uh, revolves around a man named Charles Marlowe, uh, who at the beginning of the novel is sitting with some of other men on a yacht on the River Thames in London, waiting for the tide to turn. They're kind of just like bumming around. One guy's fucking around with some dominoes. Uh, and then he starts to tell the other men about the time he had worked for a Belgian trading company where he was a captain of a small steam-powered riverboat traveling from the Atlantic coast uh, down a river to the middle of the continent. Uh, Marlos uh, specifies that he chose this journey since when he was a boy, he thought like the, what he called like the dark parts of the map were fascinating. And when he was young, so in, you know, like the mid-19th century, a lot of the internal continent had not been explored by Europeans and therefore not mapped out for where a child living in England or in London specifically would be able to, like, see something like that. Um, this setup is actually based on a real experience that the author, Conrad, had when he was younger. When he was 32, he assumed command of a steamship when he was working uh, in the Congo Free State. Hmm. Uh, and when the ship's captain got sick with some horrible jungle disease, like some kind of pox or like that catfish that sleeps in your pee hole, um, he yep. ended up assuming command of the riverboat. Whoa. Yeah, I can't, can't come into work today. I got dick fish. Yeah, I got a dick fish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I played the first Pokemon game and I, all you got to do is go into the captain's cabin and rub his back and then he feels good again. And then uh, true, yeah. You... yeah, the captain of the SSN has come down with the vapors. So you have to... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the point of that. <laughs> a, a, back, a back rub will cure you of your dick fish, right? Yeah. yeah. And then it'll teach you how to cut. The, the, the... <laughs> well, yeah, that's, he eventually cuts his own penis off the captain of the SSN to cure himself of the dick fish. Oh, that's the yeah. subtext. Yeah. You, you rub his back and you give him the strength to do what he didn't have. Like, the, the strength he didn't have to do what he needs to do a, a moment ago, which was cut off his own penis because there's a fish living inside it. True. Yeah. Okay. And, and then that fish is basically useless, but if you shield level it, it turns into Gyarados eventually. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, cool. So as Ash, you watch him cut off his own penis, learn from that how to cut yourself, then you go to meet Lieutenant Surge and rummage through his uh, trash bins. Garbage cans. Well, yeah. well, not trash Trying to get electrocuted. Okay. You don't have you don't have to go to surge right away. You can you can go wherever you want. You yes. can grind uh, in that grass patch. You know, it's like and but I mean like you get a Gyarados out of it. You can go like all the way to Celadon, can't you? I think you, you can. Remember. Yeah, you can't. Well, I think you need Flash. And, well, you don't need Flash, but yeah, you it's easier to get Flash. Like you can only get Flash if you have the gym badge, and yeah, it's very hard to get through that. That I yeah, had unless you're using I had like the dark part of that map yeah. memorized, so I could navigate through the. Belgian Congo. Yeah, I mean on, on Game on Game Boy Color, if you just held your eyes close enough to the screen, you could see no. the level. Like it oh, was really? just the, the darkness was turned way down, but it wasn't like just like black. So that's so funny. Yeah, so uh, I, I I used to get through it like that. So uh, a little bit of other real world trivia here. I looked up the Congo Free State, uh, and as you may have guessed by the name, it was indeed not a free state whatsoever. Just like any democratic and or people's republic you've ever read about. Yeah, uh, that's it. If your if your country's got a I know a title. That title is a complete lie. It is. Yeah, that's, 
It's, the, the white man showed up. It, this, is, this is me guessing what the Congo Free State was. The white man showed up, saw all these, all these you know, different tribes, you know, quote-unquote Joseph Conrad savages, living in the, the way they'd lived for generations. Uh, and they basically said, like, you guys are you guys are are slaves to not having access to uh, you know a market, not having access to water. So we're we're going to give you the freedom that is capitalism, uh, and you guys are not going to be able to really participate in it. You're just going to be like tools to facilitate it for us, basically. <laughs> Pretty much, it's Pretty very much. Uh, very work will set you free, right? You guys can click on the first spoiler tag in chat and uh, just see the picture there. Uh, it yeah. was a. Uh, it, the, the the name actually has two misnomers in it. Uh, it was not free and it was not a state. Uh, where you were kind of close, uh, the truth is actually much worse than just being part of an empire. It was actually just a sizable chunk of the African continent that was just owned by the king of Belgium, Leopold II. And to be clear, it was not a part of the kingdom of Belgium. It was just his separately owned, yeah. in quotes, private property. Wow. Um, it, it's like a... Yeah. It's like a, like kings like kings of England have like their parks or whatever. There's some story about uh, some princess of of England who like there was this this like King's Park or whatever near some royal royal estate that like was always open to the the public. And then there was like one princess who was like, no, I just wanted for like me and my friends. But this was like when they had like a prime minister and like elected officials basically. So uh, she like built a wall with like these toll booths around it to like keep keep the peasants out basically. Uh, and the government said, like, no, we're paying for it, so that's illegal. Like, you're not allowed to do that anymore. Like, it's it's just a name. Uh, but it somehow ended up, like, she still, like, the royal family still owned the gates, like, the turnstiles that let you in, so they left them locked, so people had to get, like, ladders, and you could, like, climb, use a ladder to climb over the wall into the park, and you could use the park legally. You just couldn't use <laughs> the doors. That's so uh, stupid. But if, if it was a, a country, and not just any country, like, a big country, man... <laughs> Yeah, the, the I, Republic of Congo or the, no, the Democratic the, Republic of Congo. The, the Congo Free State at this time. Uh, yeah. It's like a big. It's it's it looks like it's about I'd say like fifteen percent of the continent. So the okay. loss of life within the Free State is pretty much incalculable at this point because like it was hard to travel even for like a European country, but also like they were not keeping records of people who got sick through contact with like smallpox and were you know like criminals in quotes that they may have punished or something so it's really I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry Peter I, I posted I looked up how big it is it is as big as France, Germany Italy, Switzerland, Belgium uh, uh, Holland uh, Austria uh, half of Czech, half of the Czech Republic uh, yeah. and, and all of England combined basically yeah. uh, with, with a bunch of water yeah. <laughs> all, of, all of the North Sea, most of the Baltic Sea uh, a little chunk of the Mediterranean in there <laughs> yeah it's very big it's an unreasonable amount of land uh, even for a king, I would say personally, like how, like how do you even chart it off? Like at the time, you know what I mean? Like how how do you, how does like a Belgian explorer find it and say like I'm gonna give this as a gift to my king? And like you're pointing at something like a thousand kilometers across, and you're just like, yeah, for the next thousand kilometers, that's his. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. don't you have to like at least see it to like claim it? I don't know. I don't know, man. Plant, plant flags all the way. Like I didn't look into the history of it because it, it's like we're like it's it's relevant here just to know like because this is where the heart of darkness is set even yeah. though it's never specified in the novel um it's just like yeah and then like also here's some fucked up trivia about just like 
the biggest thing I've ever seen that some guy just had as private property. <laughs> wow. So what's pretty crazy about this one is that uh, the conditions within the state were so bad that international pressure forced Leopold to give up his private chunk of the continent and absorb it into the Belgian, uh, into the empire, turning it into the Belgian Congo. Like this is pre-World War One international pressure where like the Ottomans, the English and the Germans were just like, hey, man, what you're doing there is fucked up. Yeah. So, like wow. that's how bad it was that like. The, the places that started the first world war were just like, you've taken it too far, Leo. We got to, we got to rein it in a little bit here. Like we like, we like rubber as much as the next empire, but maybe we could slow down a bit. That's well, that answers your question. I guess you think like, you don't need a fence around your yard. If, if it's just so awful to be there that nobody wants to be there. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's awful. It's awful because of what they were doing though. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, uh, you know, Leopold II or or Leopold III or like these these people that we were referencing earlier are like some of history's greatest monsters. They're they're out there with you know the Adolf Hitler, the the guy in Virginia who was like fucking up all the laws at the time. Um, Wait, who's like, this guy in Virginia? What? Uh, <laughs> so, I don't remember. I don't remember his name, but there's a like back in the back around the time that Hitler Hitler was big. Uh, Virginia was doing a lot of fucked up racist shit, right? When as Virginia do so, like he, he was, he was like, cards. no, he, he was like Beatles album. He he was on the 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 Nazi mailing list. Like he had reached out to them in like 1935 and being like, oh, I want to see like all the things that you're doing because I want to help, uh, or or all the things you're doing with the Jews because I want to do that with black people in in Virginia. Basically, he like repealed uh, interracial marriage. Interracial marriage was illegal in Virginia until uh, 1967. Like oh, wow. we, we were two two years from putting a, or they were two years from putting a man on the moon. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they had they had repealed all that. So like just like all these like terrible terrible people, I guess the the Leopolds are up there with them. Is Happy what July Fourth, brother. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. So, like I said, in the novel, Conrad never specifies where in Africa he was. However, the fact he was working for the like. The character Marlo is working for Belgian ivory traders uh, taking a steamboat down a river in Central Africa is just like, okay, yeah, like, tell me you're in the free state of Congo without you telling me you're in the free state of Congo, basically. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Theodore Conrad Korzanowski, uh, his disdain for empire started at an early age since his native Poland for most of his life had been overtaken and chopped up by the Habsburgs, the Russians, and the Prussians. So... Joseph Conrad is his pen name because obviously his Polish name is too hard. When I was in <laughs> Poland, uh, my boss referred to them, uh, and when he's talking about the history and stuff, he's like, "Yeah, we we've had a lot of bad neighbors," is what he says. Uh, yeah, and Poland yeah. is stuck in the middle of a, a whole bunch of stuff, huh? Poland and Ireland are like two places I always forget have had a bad go of it, just because of the countries around them that just yeah. needed a whipping boy for some reason. Like yeah. when when someone needed someone to starve, they just flip a coin between the two of those places. It like uh, they wanted people to starve, but they didn't want to have to like travel to do it, right? Yeah, so exactly. They, like choose choose somebody local. Mm -hmm. Poland is so like safe too. It had like the second lowest crime rates next to I think Japan or something. But really, yeah, yeah, everything's like so chill there. But they like has been so turbulent in the past. It's yeah, fucked up. Not, not, not. I don't know about Congo turbulent, but yeah. I hope not. I doubt it, but I hope not. <laughs> 
So um, after arriving in Africa, Marlo uh, gets to repairing his steamboat and like starts lightly criticizing the behavior of the Europeans at the first river station. Um, there's three river stations that he goes to, which is just like the fancy huts that the Europeans set up for themselves as like the deeper you get into the Congo itself. Right. And in um, the video game, that's the you, you climb them and then jump down into a bale of hay and you unlock the map for the next area. Or <laughs> Of course. Yeah, okay. exactly. Cool. 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 Uh, he observes many African workers who are chained together and sarcastically notes to himself that the managers calling these people's uh, these people criminals and prisoners is not true whatsoever. So this is like even at the beginning of the novel, Conrad is is through Marlowe is critical of the behavior of the Europeans uh, on the African continent. Uh, later on down the river, uh, he runs into a Russian station manager uh, who refers to heads that he has just lined up outside of the station on pikes as rebels, which Marlowe once again, like straight up calls out. Well, like in his internal monologue calls out, it's like, that's fake news, dude. Those people were not rebels. Like, yeah, that is exactly. A nickname you gave to somebody that you had to kill because they were in the way for some reason. I mean, rebel rebels, because you, again, they were living here, you know, successfully, peacefully or otherwise, uh, but living here successfully. Uh, probably quite peacefully, uh, relatively speaking, to when you showed up. Yeah. Uh, and then you showed up through a revolution, and when people were like, "No, we want to keep doing things the old way," you're like, "Well, that's a revolutionary thought, my guy. Like, what the hell? You can't, you can't just revolution my revolution. Get out of here. You're a rebel." Yeah. It's like hardly a revolution when you when it, when it's like the like when it's like European colonization. I wouldn't call the you know the the germs and the guns that you use to be quite a revolution it's much more of a hostile takeover than anything and then yeah. anybody who was just like i don't like this then then that guy's a rebel who's yeah like inciting yeah like i i just mean to say like you you've come in and turned people's thoughts on their like the way people live on its head yeah. and you're you're clearly like raping and pillaging and you know when people are like well no we want to go back to the old way then to call them a rebel is like absolutely asinine <laughs> like what, yeah. what do you mean they want to just keep living their life the way that they were living it yeah, yeah. And, and it, which in a way which did not negatively impact you at all like they're uh halfway across the world like yeah you just you just like stumbled upon this place and decided you wanted their rubber basically yeah. Like, I mean, they weren't really using it so we might as well and anybody who wants to stop us from taking way more rubber than we need i mean that's 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 revolutionary dude oh yeah so uh In, where industrial revolutionary right yeah yeah uh so uh while on site uh marlo keeps hearing people talk about this incredible man named mr kurtz and a uh, quick aside here listening to the audiobook in in the year of our dr peterson 2020, 2022 uh the way the men at the stations talk up kurtz feels really similar like, he's so smart, man. You just got to read some of the stuff he's written. It'll change your life, Marlo. He's got all these ideas, man. Like, he's so fucking cool and smart, like, straight up. Yeah. Like, we find but, out later that after Marlo has returned to Europe, the people back home, like, truly admire him as stating that he's, like, a genius and he's an artist and that he, he should be a politician. And, like, I really don't want to go for, like, super, super low, like, low-hanging lefty fruit here. But Kurtz really, really, really does, at least now, read, like, an amalgamation of Elon Musk and Jordan Peterson. <laughs> like, 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 I know it's just, like, that's, like, the easiest joke for some liberal like me to go to is just, like, the currently trendy bad guys. But, like, they really do talk to him. It's just, like, Kurtz is such a cool guy. You got to read some of his stuff, man. That now you'll understand. It's yeah, yeah. crazy that this was written in, like, 1899. He, he, was, figured out, he figured out how to make a lot of money and then also, like, oppress people really successfully. It's yeah. like, what? Like, what are you that? What's the similarities, though? Is he, like, promising by, like, 
1930 that the white man can live in Africa or something. Like, no, I mean, they can already live there. Clearly, there's a colony. It, yeah. It's just like the way they talk about like, oh, his writing and his ideas. He's like very much like just like this this philosopher like the way people talk about elon musk is just like man he's he want, he's gonna take us to fucking mars man isn't that fucking cool like they admire all these dumb ideas that he's never acted on or like could yeah. possibly be like they had that guy in like the fucking like the pepsi man outfit and then mm-hmm. there were like people reporting on how like he wants to build a robot and it's like he didn't even have a prototype or like a or like a cgi model he had like a guy in a zip up latex yeah i know suit <laughs> He's a he's a child he's a child he's, like I think Elon Musk is like was a loser when he was a kid uh, like I think he was probably bullied a lot uh, but like his yeah. his whole shtick is like walk into companies and steal other people's idea and then like immediately fire anybody who would say that it wasn't his idea that's yeah. like that's his thing right that's how he made his billions yeah um, can I misquote uh, or not misquote uh, can I accurately out of context quote Jordan Peterson real quick of course. Uh, there was a recent interview where he called himself the dumb person smart guy. I did I like, see that. Yeah. I was like, damn, that's, a, that's that's an accurate description of yourself, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, of course, we're living through his... Uh, it, of course, uh, Kurtz eventually does go crazy. And now that we're living through the timeline of uh, Jordan Peterson's second like on Twitter psychotic episode is just like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. These guys have a lot in common. But yeah, it's very much just like... You, you do find out, like, I'm not spoiling a 123-year-old book by saying, like, yeah, Kurtz wasn't all he was made up to be. Like, people just, like, played him up because his his reputation preceded him sort of thing, which is the same for, like, Elon Musk or Jordan Peterson, where it's just, like, mm-hmm. on the surface level, like, yeah, work hard, take responsibility for your shit is, like, fine advice. But as soon as you, like, scratch under the surface, you're just like, okay, well, this is all just, like, fake, stupid, and in some cases, Sexist? like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sexist, like, racist, like, all bad things. All the bad things, yeah, exactly. Like, right right below the surface. But yeah, like, the, the way the people in the river stations in the book, written 123 years ago, talk, it sounds like a YouTube video about Elon Musk, which is <laughs> okay. fucking hilarious. <laughs> no, the, the saddest part, it, it maybe Jordan just wants to enjoy a big, beautiful woman, but he just doesn't know how to. He's just like you yeah, know, like, he, he's I, pushing against it so hard. You know, yo, dude, he, he uh, had a crush. He had a crush on a big girl one at one point in his life. Which yeah. hey, all the power to you. Again, I think him too. Bullied as a kid, I bet you. And, <laughs> she came over and, and he his bed wasn't made and his room wasn't clean and she left and it yeah. scarred him forever. Oh, yeah, yeah, so that, yeah. It's yeah. like clean your room. Uh, thick, thick thighs yeah. ruin lives. He saw that sports like that Sports Illustrated magazine. It just broke his brain because it's like <laughs> the, the most the, the most recent uh, episode started when he just like got too horny, I guess, uh, when he saw that magazine cover and it's been all downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. And then he like loudly said that he's quitting Twitter and then never left. Like, I think for like a day he left or something. He restricted everyone who can call. He doesn't see anything outside of people he follows. So he posts like his garbage. Just screaming into the void, man. Like, oh yeah, my God. He posts his garbage so everybody has to see it. And then, or, well, I'm not on Twitter. I don't see it. But And then only yeah. sees his, his supporters' responses. But, and he's totally the type of guy who would be like, well, you shouldn't. If you can't handle the truth, then you shouldn't be a part of the blah, 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 blah. Yeah, exactly. And you shouldn't be a part of the discourse if you can't handle the truth. Yeah, but at like, the same time, don't be mean to me. Yeah. Like, tw- Twitter makes normal people mentally ill. And this yeah. man is yeah. already mentally ill on Twitter. But yeah, like I like if Kurtz if Kurtz had Twitter uh out in the Congo, uh hundred percent he'd be it'd be the exact same thing. 
So now we can move up in time to where Kurtz may have had a Twitter account. We can move up to the time of the creation of Spec Ops The Line. Uh, and it's it's like a very, very loose adaptation of Heart of Darkness. After playing through the game again and listening to the audiobook, uh, Spec Ops almost feels like a fan fiction-y prequel in some ways, which like took heavy inspiration from the source material. Okay. Spec Ops is set in a modern, which at the time was 2012, Dubai, and follows three U.S. Delta Force operatives who have been sent to find and rescue Colonel John Conrad. So the name is, he's named after the author instead of the actual guy. An, an homage. A, a homage, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also want to find John Conrad and the 33rd Infantry Battalion of the U.S. Army. Uh, the Delta Force guys are the player, Captain Martin Walker, uh, who used to serve alongside Conrad in Afghanistan and use him as a hero. So again, now we already have the, like, he's idolizing the guy that he's trying to go find. Um, whereas First Lieutenant Alfonso Adams and Staff Sergeant John Lugo. So you're three very normal, very generic army men who do change quite a lot throughout the course of the game. It's very, very interesting to, especially now that I've beaten the game like four or five times, like I beat it in three hours just in like two wow. sittings so like seeing the guys at the beginning who are just call of duty bros to just like the, the, the actors they chose are clearly phenomenally talented because they it's straight up three different people by the end of it it's incredible wow yeah did they did a good job with their uh, spec up the lines that they read yeah <laughs> <laughs> their spec up line reading is yeah. <laughs> spec ops memorized these lines yeah. <laughs> so, six months prior to the game starting, uh, Dubai was rocked by a series of freak sandstorms that completely overwhelmed the city and completely back up, back up, buried parts of it. There was such a confused look on Peter's face there. Well, because okay, so I heard him. I heard him just like for some reason come through as like, wait, back up, back up, back up, as in something had happened. So audio recording. I thought he was trying to stop me, so I was like, oh. Oh. <laughs> Wait, you got it. Peter, stop. Peter, stop. Day rude. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys want to take a look at what Dubai looks like uh, underneath the African continent one, uh, your second spoiler is available if you want to describe that to the listeners. Yeah, it's like a uh, city in the desert, but there's like sand up to like the top of the skyscrapers almost. Like It would, would be a very, very freak the series of sandstorms. Yeah, this kind of plays into how, like, some people theorize that and the events of the game didn't actually happen because a lot of it is very surreal looking. Uh, but we'll get into that later. Uh, oh, so like the... it's just PTSD that these guys are going through? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So the elites in the city of Dubai first told the world that everything was peachy keen uh, before they fled the city uh, with their pet tigers via helicopter, just leaving all of the poor people and the workers and also the 33rd just kind of stranded. So Conrad and the 33rd on their, way, on their way back from Afghanistan decided to buck the chain of command and head, head to Dubai to help. You know on what? The way home. If we should what? give you a, a funny middle name with an S in it, and then we could call you PDSD for like S and then Donahue, and then it's like PTSD is like your name. Like, <laughs> PDSD. <laughs> My last name was O. Well, we, could, uh, we could skip that out. Yeah, that's bullshit. Of though, dude. You're of Donahue. Come on. That's... <laughs> Donnie is the last name. Like oh, the other right. gratuitous. I've always thought you're a bit extra for it, but you know. yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell my parents. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, I'm dropping the I'm dropping the O. Okay. What? You're out of context yeah. at four in the morning. I'll call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My friend, my friends keep making fun of me, and, and big girls shouldn't be on swimsuit magazines. And, <laughs> uh, it's so bad. My room's so messy. It's getting spiraling out of control. <laughs> 
I've got I've got PDSD, Dad. <laughs> yeah, Peter's standard uh, definition, right there. PDSD. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 when I have a, a breakdown about thick thighs in four eight. Yeah. Uh, so Conrad on the thirty third went dark uh, up until two weeks before the game starts, uh, when an SOS is detected stating that the evacuation was a complete failure. The writers, Richard Piersley, or Piercy and Walt Williams, chose Dubai because it is basically an already, like, a real-world, fantastical kingdom. Like, if you've ever seen anything that they've built there, it, it, it's wild. The skyscrapers allowed for the levels to feature a lot of crazy verticality, and the excess of Dubai itself allowed the artists to put in a lot of, like, gold and marble and these crazy hotels and all this, like, wild shit. They, they, they were making, like, a military shooter set, set in the desert, but they, they wanted to somehow make it more colorful so they were just like well dubai's in the desert so we can still do our military shooter and then add like these these crazy splashes of color or like these interiors of hotels that are have been buried by sand basically yeah and i mean i i don't know the history of of saudi arabia or the uae all that well uh i i know they're they're terrible if we're talking about lists of, you know, horrible monster people. Like, Oh, you know, we can the, get into the, it because that's my next point the, here. Actually. The Saudi princes are up there, but also, yeah, just like the, the comparison to the Belgians in the Congo, like Dubai was built with slaves. Like, yeah. at, like absolutely, Qatar was built with slaves. Like, and it's like, they have, they have this thing where if you, yeah, so they have they have this way of recruiting slaves. It, today, Jamie, like right now, where you'll go to Dubai, they'll accuse you of a crime, they'll take your passport. And then it's just like, oh, you're you're going to prison and prison is work. So yeah, and you got to build a stadium for FIFA. Yeah, it's, their buildings are so tall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would, it would take so long to build that by myself. <laughs> it takes so long for me to build the Burj Khalifa. Yeah, so <laughs> that, that's, the pleasant it's, it's part been, though is that they, they figured out how to control the weather. Have you heard this? Yeah, In Dubai they have like technology that they can t- t- like today's gonna be a rainy day. Today's gonna be a sunny day. So if you want oh, your, yeah. I guess it. Since the slave unions say they can't work on rainy days, they could just make it sunny days. Everybody oh yeah, yeah. Slave. Don't worry, don't worry. You're, you're a slave, but don't worry. You're never gonna have to work whenever it rains in the desert. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we and promise we you that. The weather. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good that you mentioned that because the the next chunk I have here is it was not expressed in anything I read because maybe it would be bad for marketing. Um, it doesn't take a whole lot of lore boys canoning to see that Dubai is a modern monument to imperialism. Uh, yeah. The area in the UAE had a Portuguese period, who have very infamous empire, a British period, <laughs> who have an even more infamous empire, and then they had a ton of oil, and now is an independent but like cartoonishly opulent monarchy. Is the yeah. Portuguese yes, period anything like the Oxford comma? <laughs> <laughs> it's the one with the dot above it. Yes, it's the uh, uh, the, uh, dot, uh, the dot with the comma is the Portuguese period. Is okay, yeah, it's, understand. It's, where, it's when you put the period before the S, right? Okay. Instead of after the S. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, not unlike the Congo Free State, Dubai has its own Wikipedia page called Human Rights in Dubai, which is a bad sign. But it, yeah. like Qatar, is one of those places where there's a lot of South Asian migrants, like from India or from Sri Lanka, where they show up some trumped up charges they take away your passport and then you never get to leave yeah um when a lot of stuff until you until you finish building fifa's new stadium basically exactly or the second tallest building in the world right there's a whole there was a whole other article that i didn't get into where it's just like during the covid19 pandemic they shut down construction but then the people they like owned in quotes didn't have anything to do so they had like 
they'd relied entirely on food donations. But like, yeah, Dubai is it, it's Back. just a mod it's a modern Congolese free state. Like, let's be yeah. real. It's it's, it's all fine. it's all the same thing. History is just history just rhymes, frankly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't say what game or like any specifics, but I work in customer support for video games, and there's a lady in Dubai for a certain mobile game who had spent two point five million on this mobile Incredible. game. Incredible. Yeah. Just wow. to be ahead of the pack in it was like kind of like a more social type game with like weekly updates where you can get like different uh army upgrades and stuff, and it's designed that every single week if you wanted to spend money, you could spend money kind of thing. Uh so in dude, Farmville dude. Dubai, can you take away people's passports and like it's a <laughs> that, that... <laughs> circumvent like the currency system (laughs) that that woman would be like halfway to getting max power in diablo uh immortal Immortal, yeah yeah. (laughs) she'd be almost there honestly yeah Yeah. if you want to if you want to max out in diablo immortal you got to steal so many fucking passports dude jesus christ (laughs) this this dubai twitch streamer stole ten thousand passports and still doesn't have a five-star gem yeah (laughs) It's it, she was at the point where she would write us an email or like I wasn't I didn't even work directly on this it's like through like telephone game but they would write in an email being like hey I didn't like this update and they would just change the update for her because yeah like why why wouldn't you yeah. absolutely why yeah. wouldn't you yeah, yeah. you make Jesus. cool yeah that's where the money comes from so yeah jeez well, I mean it's money talks that's that's it right yeah I uh, mean now- yeah if if you're if you're a mobile game developer developing this kind of game you're not in it for the artistic integrity that is making video games oh, right yeah, like no. we can all agree and like <laughs> hey get, get get your goose you know what i mean like no problem like that's that's your business but yeah. I, i'm not surprised that they're like yeah whatever you say lady well sure you want that you spend another two and a half million no problem yeah sure yeah, right? like, <laughs> that's gonna pay for the changes uh, a thousand times over like basically <laughs> So a lot of what's going to come now is a lot of lore boys canoning uh, about how like Spec Ops isn't much of an adaptation. It feels much more like a prequel, like I said, inspired by the source material. Because like, to be fair, there is no fucking lore for Spec Ops. Like the the history of that game, it's just like six months ago, there was Sandstorms. Two weeks ago, we got a message from Conrad. And then the game occurs and ends. And like, and yeah. that, but it's relation to like classic literature is the fun part. Yeah, so but in- Peter, you say it's a prequel. I didn't realize that Heart of Darkness was sci-fi because you also said that Spec Ops takes place in 2012. So uh, oh, that must mean true. that Heart of Darkness takes place after 2012. The Congolese had the highest <laughs> midichlorian counts in the Belgian Empire. <laughs> and when uh, when Anakin II, King uh-huh. Leopold, wanted a new Jedi. Okay. And uh, and that's that's why that whole place, is, that's all set in the desert. It's all in uh, Anakin's Tatooine. Now, now we're doing... Now we're doing Peter does Jamie's explanation of Star Wars, having never seen it, right? Correct. Yeah. Is, uh, Tatooine Peter the Sandy one? Is Tatooine the Sandy yeah. one? Yes. yes. Yeah. Tatooine is the Sandy yeah, one. Got it. So in Heart of Darkness, the further down the river Marlow ventures, the more sympathy develops for the natives. Uh, like the further he gets away from the colony, the deeper he gets into like the uncharted lands. He's, the, the more the he more, realizes these people are human. Right? Yeah. The more he starts to think that, you know what? That that woman on that Sports Illustrated was beautiful. I don't care what exactly. those guys said. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> she was gorgeous. <laughs> Even when they attack the steamship or are seen like on shore, like hooting and screaming at the passing vessels, he starts to re- recognize more like primitive, as he calls it. Of course, this was written 120 years ago. Like parts of himself that he also wants to dance around in the loincloth in the forest. Um, and we'll get further down the river with Marlo. Uh, river with Marlo after the break. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, welcome back, everybody. Uh, all right. So, prior to heading down the river, uh, Marlo had overheard the manager uh, of one of the, of like the, the first station that he was staying at at the river, saying that Kurtz had sent a letter to him telling him to just leave him alone. However, after this, Kurtz had started shipping more ivory than anyone else and more than anyone had ever done. So the manager was just like, seems like he's gone crazy, but he does good business. So yeah. well, he's making me around. rich, so I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, and when he reaches the, the station one that I had mentioned earlier, uh, with, or excuse me, the station with, that I mentioned with the heads on pikes, uh, the man there tells him that Kurtz used to be at that station but had completely lost his mind and now is participating in tribal tribal rituals and is revered as some kind of deity. Uh, we had mentioned this at some point, and it's like a common saying. It's like advanced technology seems like magic. Kurtz seems to have taken advantage of that before descending into madness and just joining the tribe. But because he, one, looked different and had crazy technology, he was revered uh, as their like village god. Um, and he was apparently even leading war parties against other villages to steal their ivory so that he could send more canoes downstream uh, to the to the Belgian merchants, basically. Wow. Canoes yeah. full of ivory. Yeah. Chill, chill so, guy. Chill, chill guy. I'll Very drink to cool. magic rocks. Bullets, magic rocks. I'll drink to that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Marlo, uh, I guess to use an expression from the book, Marlo never actually goes native throughout the story. Uh, he actually comes out more disgusted by imperialism and more sympathetic towards the tribes he encounters. On the other hand, Captain Walker in Spec Ops goes fucking crazy. Like, Walker as a protagonist has far more in common, in my opinion at least, with Kurtz than he does with Marlo, which is why it feels like a prequel. It feels like you're playing the guy who went in and went crazy, opposed to okay, the guy sorry. catching up to him. Yeah, point point of order. Going native is not going crazy. It's just like adapting the like it's it's going native. Like what, what Kurtz did, minus the craziness, is going native. Like living among yeah, yeah, the yeah. people and taking on their traditions and customs is going native, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I mean, okay. the, the expression used to be uh, Walker. I mean, Walker in Spec Ops does not go native. I, I guess he does because it's just like a world of violence that he's going into. But he goes fucking insane. Throughout okay. Spec Ops, whereas Kurtz does go native and then go crazy also. Okay, yeah, it's, but Marlowe doesn't. Marlowe Marlo, never goes native. No, the the protagonist of the story of the original story does not go crazy. He comes out of it just like, man, Empire's fucked up, and that Kurtz guy was very fucked up. Like the most yeah. fucked up part of the Empire was Kurtz, opposed to in Spec Ops, 
Walker goes fucking crazy, which is why after, you know, playing and then reading or listening to the audiobook in quick succession, Spec Ops feels like you're playing Kurtz because you're playing the you're playing the guy who is descending into madness. In, into the into the place. Into okay, the heart of darkness I, I, itself. Yeah. yeah, hence your hence your um prequel. Your prequel uh, an, exactly. uh, comparison. Yeah. Um yeah, cool. Yeah. More 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 the representation of the heart of darkness itself rather than this Marlowe guy who's going to view the heart of darkness, which is what Empire has done both to the people who live in this place and the people who they have sent in to yeah. to do that, right? By the time Marlowe shows up, the heart's been darkened, uh, whereas in Spec Ops, <laughs> you're darknessing the heart. Is pretty okay, much okay. Yeah, is kind of is kind of the difference there, which is why I think it's it's a inspired prequel. Personally, you can't read the writers' minds, or maybe it's just like it's more interesting that way, opposed to just like walking through like a tourism, like a walking simulator of a ruined Dubai. But yeah, that's that's kind of my own my own theory there. <laughs> Uh, so over the course of Spec Ops, we go from fighting desperate locals uh, to fighting the American soldiers of the 33rd very quickly. We find out that the U.S. Army had a tough time fixing the problems. Imagine that. And eventually <laughs> just declared martial law over like Dubai and this with the sandstorms. To enforce this, Conrad had the 33rd commit war crimes up until his command staff staged a coup against him. Uh, sadly, the people within the 33rd who tried to stop him were defeated and burned to death using white phosphorus. Uh, this is a controversial but surprisingly not illegal chemical, mainly used defensively. So like smoke screens or smoke signals because it burns very uh, it burns very hot, but it also emits a lot of thick white smoke. So if you wanted to protect somebody with a smoke screen, you would use white phosphorus. Um Phosphorus, however, catches fire when it comes into contact with oxygen and has also been used offensively. Uh, if you guys want to use, open up the next spoiler there, it oh. should be the bright black and white one. What the fuck are you going to show us, Pete? And here's somebody with, here's somebody covered head to toe in chemical burns. Yeah. Talk to you by the U.S. Army. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, did, I did pull up the white phosphorus wiki page and there is like... Uh, by you by use by u.s forces in iraq is a subsection on that page so not far off the mark yeah okay uh it's probably why it's not illegal frankly because if anybody else used it i'm sure it'd be on a it'd be on a list somewhere yeah <laughs> uh delta who delta delta squadron is of course walker adams and lugo uh delta uses white phosphorus against the 33rd however they unknowingly also kill dozens of civilians if you want to open up the next spoiler <laughs> i um, hate these kids these Q-ups. <laughs> yeah, dude. I do like I do fun fantasy art, and yeah. I and now we get just like a pile of melted flesh bodies from Spec Ops the line. The graphics aren't good enough to be overly disturbing. There's no blood. It's it's a bunch of it's basically a bunch of skellies. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. a cool, cool American in the back looking away, walking away. That's from... Walker looking sad, man. He's walking. Walker behind. walking. Wow. Walking uh, the Spec Ops line. Walking. Yeah. <laughs> what's the what's the line? I mean that is the line actually is is the killing civilians is the is the metaphorical line within ah, Gotcha. Yeah. Well, they crossed it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, oh yeah, you do. Um so we find out that the locals had been radicalized by our personal favorite tool of imperialism here on the show. Who are we talking about? Uh the locals have been radicalized by our personal favorite tool Alex Jones? <laughs> no, the CIA. I guess uh, the Alex CIA, Jones. of course. Yeah. <laughs> he might be we just we just watched that great Fourth of July clip from Alex Jones. So. <laughs> so <fucking boring. laughs> Insane. Yeah, so the locals have been radicalized by the CIA. Uh in the hopes that the locals in the thirty third would simply destroy each other and all this unpleasantness in Dubai would just cover itself up. 
Uh, the CIA was a vi- uh, originally sent in to find out what the fuck was going on with the 33rd and why they were gone for so long. Walker, so you the player, uh, is eventually betrayed by CIA agent Riggs uh, during a heist on the last of Dubai's drinkable water. At first, he tells Walker that he wants to steal the water to cripple the 33rd's ability to function. However, when the water trucks crash, when they're being attacked by, like, people trying to stop them from stealing their water, and it's all just, like, dumped into the sand and destroyed, uh, Riggs just tells Walker that destroying the water was the CIA's plan the entire time. They never wanted to help, so that everybody in the city would just thankfully be dead or conveniently be dead within a few days, thus, like, sealing the manila envelope once and for all. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, cool guys, the CIA. Can we, can cool. we just say we don't we don't give them enough praise, but cool, chill, <laughs> normal guys. I think. On, on that note of how cool the CIA is, I would also like to clarify that I am in no way suicidal, and I love my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just uh, I have no itch when I when I die, I'm going to be put into a coffin, not a suitcase. You know, it'd be weird if somebody were to find my dead body in a suitcase. That's all I'm yeah. going to say. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I was getting suicide, I wouldn't do it. By shooting myself in the back of the head twice and putting myself in a suitcase. I would never yeah. do that, you know? I mean, I hate <laughs> flying, though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they oh. me for the plane. But. Yeah. So after the water trucks crash, this little uh, achievement hunting trick for you. Uh, you do need to play through the game twice or at least reload a chapter. Uh, there is a choice here. And two, potentially three achievements that you can get. Uh, Riggs's truck has tipped over and he's kind of like fallen out of the driver's seat. and He's crushed under the cab of the semi and then he gives you a gun or you pick up a gun with one bullet in it he begs to be shot in the head before burning to death because there's like oil spilling out doing so gets you one achievement and then another one later however letting him burn like he probably deserves and using the bullet on like this antelope later on gets you three achievements one for one for uh one for um finishing the chapter one for the choice you still get one whether you kill him or not and then there's one called big game hunter where you just use that bullet on like just you just waste it on a deer instead of putting this guy out of his misery before he burns to death (laughs) (laughs) wow we yeah so the cia doesn't really have an analog within heart of darkness uh there's no third party in the novella that was sent ahead of Marlowe to see if kurt like to see what kurtz has been up to uh, there's like the Russian guy at that outpost that has the heads on pikes, but he's just a different, he's just working for like a different, um, trading company basically. Yeah. He was not sent ahead and like, oh yeah, Kurtz has gone ahead. He's got a few actually, but yeah, he's not the, uh, he, he, he wasn't sent there to check in and then, and then deliver bad news back to the, the outpost further downstream or anything like that. There, there isn't one there like. I, I don't think there needs to be per se, like yeah, like the CIA is a, a very modern institution, right? Like it, it wasn't invented, yeah. you know. Its precursors weren't really invented. Like the police force wasn't invented whenever certain that was in the Belgian Empire. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, like for them to not have a direct analog when like the CIA is its own metaphor in a lot of ways for you know the the ter- the terrors of colonialism. Yeah, so. exactly. Like, Kurtz had simply, like, Kurtz had notified people, basically, that, like, hey, I've gone crazy, leave me alone, I'll send you more ivory than you could possibly imagine, and obviously they were like, alright. Yeah. If anything, the only person who covers anything up is Marlowe, uh, because he lies to his fiance when he gets back to London about his last words, uh, which I'll get into later, so, like, I guess Marlowe is the Fed this whole time. Okay, sure. He, sure, does, sure. He's, he does the cover-up. 
Um, the rescue party thing within Spec Ops has a lot more in common with Martin Sheen's character, uh, Ben Willard, in Apocalypse Now, who is sent upriver in Vietnam to save an obese Marlon Brando's acting career. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's Martin Sheen? I thought it was Charlie Sheen. It's his dad. Oh, they look alike, huh? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I, okay, yeah. I was wondering why it didn't look exactly like Charlie. That makes way more sense. Okay. <laughs> it's either he's either young or his dad. Yeah. Okay. And then obviously, like uh, Apocalypse Now is the much more famous and closer adaptation of Heart of Darkness. There's a lot more characters and there's a lot more events. Like when like some of the me- the members of the riverboat get killed in Apocalypse Now, it's pretty close to the way the one character in heart of darkness dies the 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 ship pilot he's a, he's a you know he's not a slave in quotes he gets he gets killed by a spear when uh like some tribe on the bank is just like attacking the steamboat he opens yeah. the shutters and gets hit in the hit in the side with a spear blood, like, blood uh, out blood out from cutting off his dick to try and get rid of the dick fish or something yeah, right? exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah they didn't have the proper medicine i really like the in apocalypse now the I, I love the smell of napalm in the morning dude wearing like the cowboy hat and no shirt out on the beach during the killmonger or kilgore or something like that yeah yeah yeah. too yeah he's just like so like he doesn't know how to exist outside of war and there's like bullets whizzing by his head and explosions surfing yeah he's like get on that surfboard like he needs the the chaos around him to 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 feel alive or whatever i I think about that guy a lot i i don't think that guy is similar to me at all like i'm so not the type of person who would want to be in that situation, but no. If I was in that situation, I think hmm, I think I might be scared. Honestly, yeah, yeah, I think I might be a little scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after the water heist, both Lugo and Adams are killed. Uh, this is in Spec Ops, of course. Some fan theories insist that Walker himself was killed and is currently in hell. So if you guys want to open the next spoiler tag, it's the uh, orange one. Okay. Oh, Elden Ring. It's, bro. Uh, it looks it looks a lot like uh, like Sauron's tower that the eye is built upon in Mordor or uh, yeah in Mordor yeah um, and it's just like wreathed in fire which I assume is like backlit by the evening sun sand right yeah. I mean while the Burj Khalifa and I guess uh, whatever Minas Morgul have a few things in common uh, that is <laughs> or Baradur is that is indeed the Burj Khalifa wreathed in flame <laughs> nice. I haven't seen it in a while I think it is I can't remember. Anyway, there's a decent amount to support this in-game that um, uh, Walker, Lugo, and Adams are all dead, and this is just their own personal hell. Uh, when repelling down a side of a building at one point, there's a reflection of a hanged U.S. soldier uh, behind the rope, like in the reflection on the side that Lugo is that Lugo is uh, zipping down. Later on, he is lynched by an angry mob of people who are obviously angry at the three of them for crashing and destroying all their water. For for dooming them all to, exactly. to a, de- a death by dehydration, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't then, be a, uh, it can't be a good one. No. And then Adams dies off screen after pushing Walker to safety, uh, allowing him to reach the Burj Khalifa. Um, other things that kind of hint that this place is just haunted or maybe supernatural, other than really the level design. Uh, graffiti around Dubai seems to hint at things that have happened during the playthrough and changes. It also changes depending on like some of the actions you take. Like whether you shoot Riggs in the head or let him burn, there is different graffiti next to that deer thing that you can kill. Okay. So it does reflect the choices you have made, which, you know, is not super realistic and that you'd have like this omniscient graffiti all over the city. Some of it even seems to predict the future in certain levels as well, just like the things that are painted on the walls. 
Okay, so so if you shoot if you shoot him and you spare him burning, it's like the graffiti's like, um, like oh, some people deserve to suffer. And if you you don't shoot him and you shoot the deer instead, it's like ten point buck go gear, big guy. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's uh, it's 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 some. It, there's one that's like some darkly philosophical thing, and another one is just like the guy who yells at you from the arcade it's, cabinet in the movie theater from or, Big Bang. Oh, yeah. Right. There, there's there's Larry the Cable Guy saying "Get her done" with two yeah. thumbs up, graffitied onto the wall. Right. That's one for the record books, we're, like ten thousand yeah. points. <laughs> Larry, Larry the Cable Guy being there in any form, I think, is kind of some evidence that it might be hell. Actually, like the fan theories suppose so. One of the one of the deepest mm. rings, like like the the ring <laughs> of treachery or whatever, where you're like waist deep in boiling tar, and there's a bunch of Larry the Cable guys just like flying around poking you <laughs> like stands. Yeah, you're you're waist deep in boiling uh, Larrys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just if like you're... this river of plaid and denim. <laughs> <laughs> if you're burning for your, uh, if you're burning eternally and being fucked by a demon, you just might be a sinner. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You should have done wanted to be a redneck, okay? Yeah. Isn't that a different guy who does you might be a redneck? Yeah, it's Jeff Foxworthy. Uh, okay. They all, they all the mustache guy. Yeah. It's the yeah, it's the blue collar comedy tour. Yeah. There's four of them. Yeah. So throughout the game, uh the squad is harassed by a DJ, a radio DJ named Robert Darden, uh, who was once a journalist embedded with the thirty third, and now he speaks on the radio on their behalf. Uh, he also seems a bit supernatural at times. He comments on things the player is doing, even though it's impossible that he could have known what they were doing, unless he was, of course, a character in a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, he even sarcastically comments, like, I don't know how real this comment is or how much this is for the gamer and not for Walker. Uh, when you actually interact with him in the game, uh, he's just like, <laughs> as if that's a real gun, like kind of commenting on how he's in a video game and seems to know it. Okay. Yeah. The yeah. DJ himself, he's based on Evan Wright, uh, who was a Rolling Stone journalist, uh, and he was embedded with the 1st Reconnaissance Battalion uh, during the 2003 U.S. invasion of Iraq. Uh, Wright went on to write... I thought you were going to say he was embedded with the Belgians in the Congo. No. <laughs> I was like, Rolling Stone was a magazine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rolling Stone is from the Belgian Congo. It's where oh, yeah. they found they, they, they beat Bob Dylan with that name by like 60 years, 50 years. Oh, <laughs> No, Evan Wright was with the uh, was with the U.S. military during the invasion of Iraq. He wrote Generation Kill, uh, which was the article in Rolling Stone that was eventually adapted into the fantastic HBO miniseries uh, of the same name. Cool. Which I've definitely talked about on Discord before because I watched Generation Kill recently and it's fantastic. I feel like I've never heard of it. It's good. I mean, it's it it's like a black comedy because it's all real. They're all based on real people. It's just like told from this journalist's perspective who's like learning what like what it's like to be in in the army basically okay yeah. um, in, in that particular era i guess in, in that specific invasion yeah. as well right I, like I, I, I mean speaking of what it's like to be in the army like i could see the radio dj voice not being necessarily meta about video games too but also being more meta like hey walker's just processing like in canon processing trauma and he's like having you know the these these visions or whatever and like the guy who got hung for for the water truck like maybe you know they'd done something horrible in iraq and you know what happens to a lot of soldiers they they you know there's extremely high rates of suicide so you know yeah. his friend and and fellow soldier like having committed suicide like that and just kind of processing all these things with these like crazy visions uh hope it ends well for him though hope there's like <laughs> a nice rain rainbow and you know they turn on the dubai rain uh rain generator 
yeah. the end and you know everybody they all, they all hold hands and like yeah. skip off into the desert yeah he's all burned by white phosphorus and he's completely beat up <laughs> it's he's all shredded and then it's, he just like looks up into the sky and it, it's like raindrops keep falling on the head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the dubai rain machine starts pouring down he's just like oh <laughs> So by the end of Heart of Darkness, uh, Kurtz is brought to Marlowe's steamboat on a like a homemade stretcher carried by members of the tribe that he had been living with. He's sick, skinny, and pale. So I I, I guess he has completed the third step of the Jordan Peterson arc where he's like in a coma in Russia. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got nerve damage from a Russian doctor from yeah. eating meat only for eight months or whatever. Yeah. He's and oh. sick, skinny, and pale, too. Like, Jordan's got that whole uh, opiate addiction thing going for him. And those are, are usually three symptoms that... that, that, that yeah. That, that yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's, that's, three, that's three for three. So this, that, that's what this book has actually been about. Uh, and it was written, you know, 70 years before that man was even born. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's raving about what he... Like, wanting to be left, left behind so he can recover and finish whatever plans he had had. Like, this whole being revered as a god thing, like, very clearly got to his head. Uh, which, considering he is, like, an artist, musician, painter, and, like, oh, he should be in politics as well. Like, the way he is described is he is all of Europe. He is, like, this fictional... Not just an amalgamation of Jordan Peterson and Elon Musk. Like, he is every european elite in one body especially at the time in the 19th century like playing music and painting and he's politics and he does poetry and he's a philosopher like he's all these a, a renaissance man how would you guys exactly. mix the yeah. the jordan peterson and elon musk name? i think Elon peter musk that's pretty good <laughs> Gion p musk oh, don't, give him, yeah. don't give him the eater yeah. <laughs> muskerson's okay muskerson yeah yeah or e e e uh Eden, your I mean, it yeah. could be like E O. It'd sound like way too foreign. Yeah, it'd be like Jordan Jordan Mus Muskerson, which is just like probably a regular Finnish guy somewhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> hey, they called me out on the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is for you, Jordan. <laughs> but yeah, like wanting to finish what he's what he's started, and like his mission is so important. Like he's he's really more of an allegory for colonialism overall at this point right where he's like sick and dying and like you know the last gasps of a dying empire just like instructor yeah. being carried by these native studies completely brainwashed into believing that he's some kind of god that's it it's like clearly dying but still reveling in it right it's still yeah. thinking like oh this is the best the way i did it is the best when it's like clearly destroyed you yeah. and like like utterly right yeah yeah it didn't just destroy the people around him or the people that they were you know pushing out of the way like destroyed himself as well Which again like, 120 know, 125 years ago this was one, written like 123 yeah and, exactly. and here we are here we are still withering baby <laughs> just uh, <laughs> shuffling around at our yeah, desk the best capitalism's the best you know what i mean like human rights are cool and all and like like having a fair society and things like but education is great but like, imagine people getting rich. Like, not not me, not us, not any of our listeners. But imagine like somebody else getting rich. That's like so cool. This is like, way cooler. So happy, so happy that that's the way our systems are set up. I wonder, it's like super cool. What like the general public thought of capitalism back then versus now, though? Because I I feel like there's more of a chance for the everyman to kind of like at least get what? a house or like be able to feed Depe himself and depend then uh, or define then versus now because like. Like they had the creation of unions and all this shit because people were burning cities down because they fucking hated it. You know what I mean? And now, yeah. 
now, unfortunately, with like military industrial complex and the fact that police uh, police forces are like way overfunded, they've made rioting kind of like impossible and they've gotten a lot like capitalists have gotten a lot more insidious with the ways that they oppress people, which is like in the States, like why free healthcare is such like a, a political issue and the Republicans are all, always going to side no, excuse me, uh, is because uh, if you if you are working for your health insurance like if you're working so that you can go see the doctor in case you or someone you love gets sick that means you can't strike you can't lose your job you can't you can't upset the status quo because if you lose your job people fucking die people that like yourself or people that you love fucking die for it so like the fact that they've kind of set set up this house of cards like that and it's not just the states honestly i don't want like our american listeners to be like oh they're shitting on the states again like canada has its own like insidious capitalist uh uh structures and all that um and we're it's just, kind of worldwide yeah we're kind of diet usa up here we have a little yeah, like, exactly we got yeah. a couple things going for us but it's still pretty much the same a lot, yeah, of, exactly. a lot of the exact same problems yeah. i i when when covid first started my wife's in a union uh when covid first started uh they were doing like the union meetings like virtually obviously she's in a um, union with you for your her whole oh, uh, yeah that's true marital union <laughs> yeah. uh <laughs> yeah. um and the Teamsters. The Teamsters are involved. It's fucked up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but so she's at the union. And when we first went to, to work from home, we like went went to COVID. And like even like unions nowadays, a lot of them, especially the bigger ones, are like so captured by corporate interests and, and by political interests and by like all these other things where like they had their, their like union pres on. And he's like a, a, a nice guy, like a, seems like well grounded or whatever. But then they had this, like, other woman who's, like, I guess the liaison with, like, the local politicians. Um, and, like, they were pissed. Their their contract was, like, three years overdue. So they were three years overdue for a raise. Uh, and then they were, like, the union was basically saying, like, oh, we're going to vote on whether or not we want, you know, X raise or whatever. And X raise was less than cost of living. And it's, like, this is, like, you should be getting, like, that on top of three years cost of living raise. And I remember getting so mad because this woman kept just being, like, okay, well, guys, we don't want to, like strike too much or like stir the boat too much because like i gotta work with these people like referring to the politicians it's like you're the fucking fucking union, what are you talking about like <laughs> that is that is absolutely your job you're probably making fucking eight times as much as my wife is to do your job at the head of the union like fuck off <laughs> oh my God, yeah. yeah uh which like hey unions are great because like they can still strike in canada they've made it illegal for for teachers to strike in any kind of efficient way um and i'm i'm you know the <laughs> the voice uh, the devil voice in my wife's ear that's like you guys should all just fucking strike until they change the law that makes it not illegal because that's how fucking strikes work like what the fuck <laughs> like, like, like she's like oh well, you get fined fifty thousand dollars a day well we don't fucking go back to work till they remove the fines like what the yeah. fuck <laughs> like, wow. they're gonna crack eventually jesus <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry I'm, I'm i'm salty too much too much capitalism capitalism overdosing over here yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we're, we're almost done with the empire it's okay I, yeah, by the way if you guys want to donate to keep the show going uh the patreon yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. if you want to yeah, donate yeah, to yeah, keep yeah. ethan's wife on strike patreon.com slash the lord boys yeah yeah we're, we're doing thousand dollars a day baby yeah, yeah we're doing an interesting incentive where uh we're comparing people's passports we need you to send you our passports or you need, <laughs> we need you to send us your passports okay uh we'll give them back we swear yeah, yeah, we swear. And now that we figured out there's only one Lore Boys, too, we've decided to give out half the episode lengths at twice the cost. Because what? where are you, you going to go? There's yeah, no more exactly. girls yeah. out there. 
Yeah. Oh god, don't give him that idea. That'd be so much better than us. <laughs> Shrinkflation with podcasts. It's like 50, it's like it's like the same amount of forty eight minutes now. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the like the tape like the tapered slim sexy Gatorade bottles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not those thick bitch ones. Those ones are fucking disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, you, ne- you never, you never put a traditional Gatorade bottle on a Sports Illustrated cover. <laughs> no, <laughs> get out of here. This, no. this is not, this is not uh, by any uh, standard definitions of uh, a beautiful, a beautiful Gatorade bottle. I'm sorry. Yeah. The authoritarian left can't make me drink a gator liter of Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Those water trucks are so thick, the CIA just sank them right away, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the, the problem with the water trucks and spec ops line is that they were too curvy. They yeah. were they were they were the CIA was convinced that it's the curviness that was driving the local population mad. But yep. you know. Exactly. They were wrong for once. I mean the CIA's only been wrong once and it was that one time in spec yeah, ops. Fictional ones in this video game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, just just circling back here, so we can cap this one off. Uh, so the sick, skinny, and pale Kurtz actually escapes during the night off the riverboat, uh, but he's too sick and weak to walk. So Marlow just follows the trail of flattened grass that Kurtz had like dragged himself over. He like basically left a snail trail of like flat grass on the <laughs> sure, way, trying right. to get trying to get back to the, his tribe. I mean, yeah, like. I, I don't want to get like so metaphorical and like be the English teacher being like, oh yeah, you know the blue signifies the fact that uh, he was picking Viagra, but uh, like it makes me think of a snake right away, right? Like yeah. just crawling through the grass, like can't even lift himself, and like literally leaving like his little snake trail behind, which again is just like a, a bad a bad image if someone compares you to a snake. That's like yeah. not a good look. Yeah. I mean, well, and Marlo goes out there. He follows the trail. He's like, come on, Kurtz, let's get you off Twitter. And like, let's get you yeah. back on the boat. <laughs> exactly, yeah. What's yeah. the apple? What's the man? What's the rib that makes the woman, though, in this whole scenario? Uh, uh, the rib yeah. that makes the woman is the palanquin that Kurtz was carried carried upon. Okay. Because uh, he convinced... Oh, so I guess the tribesmen are Eve, because they, they ate the apple and carried him on the palanquin. Okay. And he's the devil, the snake, right? So then I yeah. guess that makes uh, Marlo Adam. Right, just only because he's the only one left, not because there's a good reason for it. Because yeah. he's the hero. <laughs> yeah. Adam, yeah. Adam he's the protagonist, so he should be the man. Yeah. Of yeah. Course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the riverboat journey back to the ocean, Kurtz finally dies, and his last words are "the horror, the horror." This is the part that transferred over into uh, Apocalypse Now as well. Like, it's not that we it it like what it's about is like you know again it's because. Kurtz really is more of a metaphor than anything. It's the the horrors of what they've done and the horrors of the things that he did to the people, to the tribe, and also to himself, obviously. Yeah, yeah, the horrors of what he's become, right? Yeah. And when Marlo meets Kurtz's fiance, he tells her that his last words were her name instead. So that is that's the that's his CIA cover up. The is whore. That... The whore. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Uh, alternatively, in Spec Ops, when Walker finds Conrad in the penthouse of the Burj Khalifa, uh, he's already killed himself due to the failures of the evacuation. And then uh, the Conrad he's been talking to this whole time appears to be like a uh, like hallucinogenic cope that he so that he could blame someone other than himself for burning all those civilians to death. So he starts talking to Conrad on this radio after killing the civilians. Um, and there's like three different endings, like, uh, and, and Conrad kind of gives this big speech, this weird kind of ghost speech about how Walker did all this himself just because he wanted to be a hero and nothing else. It was like just this, this manifest destiny drive about the game. It's like, because it's a video game, you're going to go through and kill all these people to pit, like, regardless of get, get your squad mates killed and it yeah. probably got you killed as well. 
Um, and yeah, so anyway, uh, the, in the games, the, the game's three endings all kind of hint at maybe this was real or maybe it was like a guilt induced journey through hell or maybe it was something else. Uh, but that is the part that I'm not going to spoil because uh, I still think despite basically talking about the entire game and the book it was based on that Spec Ops is still worth playing. Um, Heart of Darkness is really fucking boring. I don't know if I would recommend that audiobook, oh. but like if you're into the like straight up the classics, it's four and a half hours long. It's not the worst way to spend it, but it was a little bit difficult for me despite being fun to write yeah. about. Yeah, um, like I might like for me personally, I, I I have a hard time clicking with audiobooks. If anything, I would I would give it a read. I think, um, but it is like a novella, so I I do think it is short by most standards. So yeah, well, it's like four and a half hours total, so it's like shorter than Metro twenty thirty three, which is the last. Yeah. It's not well, I guess it's not the last. The last audiobook I did was a true story, but it's it's you know it's at, shorter than than something like that. But, at yeah. barely thirty eight thousand words, according to theguardian.com. Very good. Yeah. Spec yeah. Ops, um, the line is only $6.50 right now. It's 80% off. Holy cow. Oh my God. Steam sale. Yeah. I might, I, might pick it up after. Did we teach you it. nothing about capitalism and imperialism? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, but it's on sale. <laughs> I'm going to give 2K I, my fucking money too of all companies. Yeah. 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 I, do, I do own it. Uh, I have played 78 minutes. I have nine achievements. Um, but I just, I'm not a big shooter guy. So. Yeah. Play it on easy for the story. Honestly, I think it's good. Um, it's not hard overall. I've beaten it on the, the second highest difficulty, which unlocks the highest, which I, I never did. And even when I rebeat it, it was just on normal to get through it because I had to do the show. Yeah. But um, play it on easy if you're not a big shooter guy and it, it is worth playing. But uh, yeah, that's Spec Ops. That's Heart of Darkness. That's a, a sprinkling of Apocalypse Now and a whole lot of me, your host, Peter O'Donoghue. Uh, you can find me at uh, on Instagram at the at Loreboys Podcast. Jesus Christ, I have no idea where I am. <laughs> and you can see me at Montreal Comic Con on July 9th, 2022, if you'd like. Um, you can check out merch linked below, Patreon linked below, and uh, Discord linked below. Lads, plugs. Uh, Jamie, you got anything you want to share with the class? Hmm? Make like Elon's hair and plug, baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is very good. <laughs> uh, I just get the Discord. That's where I'm hanging out. Um, been buying up all these new games and stuff and chat about them in the discord also in the bonus content if you're a patreon sub you'd know all about the stuff i'm doing but if you don't want to pay or you can't pay or you just want to hang out just come over to the discord because a lot of the same exclusive stuff's happening there for free yeah links for that are in the description of this episode so you can just click on discord it should take you right to it um thanks so much for listening everybody uh if you want to help the show try telling your friends try leaving us a review five star on every do it on yelp you know what i mean go to airbnb <laughs> and and leave us a five star review on airbnb and it's like uh, oh fuck uh, this has all three of our addresses how did they do that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uber we want it we want to get that five star uber rating obviously lyft you know uh all, all the good stuff Delivery um, care is the is the rating I want for uh, for when I drop off your cold McDonald's. I'm yeah. a per- I'm a perfect handoff kind of guy. People cannot figure out how to get to my apartment, and it drives me nuts. So if someone does it, I give them an extra tip and a perfect handoff. They get twenty oh, percent yeah. if they can find my apartment. Yep. Yeah. If okay. they, if you can if you can navigate Jamie's rat maze to get yeah. into his apartment, uh, <laughs> I have a big you, you, you get you get a shiny tip and a piece of cheese. Mm. <laughs> yeah. mm. like, it's just like a cheese triangle with like a toonie uh, just jammed into yeah. it. Uh, and I, I think uh, that references to the Patreon bonus content for this uh, week. We, we uh, talked yeah. about it. In the we talked about it a bit, a bit on this episode. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, 
Yeah, so uh, if you guys want to support the show financially, we do have a Patreon, like Jamie said. Uh, we have, you know, the, the bonus, the aforementioned bonus content. We've got the loser titles. We've got the script that you can get your hands on with all the, the picture uh, props that we added. So check on Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash the Lord Boys if you're interested in that. Uh, shout out again to Benny and Bray. Bray Benny. Uh, it's hard to have like a, a decent library of audio, too. Like, if you guys join now, there's something like 20 or 22... Um, thousand hours of content no, that's not true. <laughs> no no they're, they're anywhere between like 15 minutes to 35 minutes so, so there's like an extra couple handfuls or a few handfuls of episodes uh there so very yep. cool and it's great uh, all the time. and of course if you don't trust patreon we do have lord boys prime uh this week i did kind of hint to it a little bit earlier we do need passports from you guys okay uh but it's not for nothing look let me be honest with you we got some work to do, okay? We are building a monument, but it's not a monument to the Lord Boys this time, okay? It's a monument to someone near and dear, very special to our heart. You might say that we're working really hard to finish it. That's right. It's a monument to Jedrin Musk Muskerson <laughs> <laughs> going up in the, the Great White North. We hope it stands as an obelisk. It's not going to look like him or anything like that. It's just going to kind of look a little eldritch. Uh, we're going to build it on the, the melting glaciers of the Arctic because the Antarctic is just too far for us, honestly. It is. Uh, so yeah, we, we need you guys to send in your passports. We will, uh, we will rate your admissibility as one of our, uh, worker bees. We're calling them oh. fun little worker bees. Hmm? Buzz, Before buzz. we get too far from it, you said Antarctic. You know what the Antarctic smells like? What? Penguin poop, because it's too cold for bacteria to break down the penguin poop properly. So when you, anywhere, if you could see a penguin, it's going to just smell like penguin poop. Smell like penguin poop forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. What does penguin poop smell like? Oh, smell I like. don't know. I've never That's my next one. question. If it's minty, then I think that'd be all right. Yeah. Roses really do smell like poo poo poo, as um, Andre 3000 said? Outcast, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a, he's in there. One quarter Andre, for sure, at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that would cost you a lore boys. Lore boys. Lore boys. Out. Outcast. Okay. <laughs> a lore boys Andre 3000. <laughs> Like, I, I just silenced it so I could listen to an audiobook, but I really haven't turned it back up. It's not just, like, music music. It's like a song. Like, the, 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 there's this woman singing the entire time, like, in Japanese or in, like, the made-up Monster Hunter language or something. It <laughs> <Sorry>. is... <laughs> ja ja Japanese is just the made-up Monster Hunter language, well, right? There is a, a made-up Monster Hunter language, but she's, like, singing... It's like a choir thing, so you can't understand it completely, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.